This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Such a Mike Florio fan. Founder at Pro Football Talk. Twitter Pro Football Talk. And just to make the rest, I feel like I work pretty hard. I have two jobs. I worked a couple 18-hour days a few weeks ago. Got nothing on Florio. This dude just writes books, fiction, in his, I don't even know what spare time he has. And whatever spare time he squeezes out, including Father of Mine, great fictional mafia book, really interesting. It's available for just $3.99 as an ebook on Amazon. And Mr. Florio joins us. Right now, coming off that Super Bowl. Mike, good morning. Thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, great to be with you, pal. Happy to be home. Nine days in Las Vegas, and I'm home, and I'm jet lagged, <laughs> and I'm ready to go back to bed. I did an eight-day bachelor party there once, which was a dumb idea with my for my brother. And I can tell you that like when by the end, I was in the same place you were when your colleague graciously filmed you trying to play a $3 slot machine at the airport with a dollar. It's funny because I had no idea Chris was at the airport in the area where we were. I knew he was flying out a half hour after we were, but there were people everywhere. It's a big airport. I go over to take a picture of the snow-capped mountain off in the distance. He sees me. He trails me back to where I was going. I stopped the slot machine, and it says $1. It says $1. And then when you sit down and you put a dollar in, you see the fine print. It takes three dollars to play the damn thing, and then it doesn't even spin for very long to give you the sensation of anticipation, like the old slot machines. It was just over; it was done, and then I realized he was behind me, taping <laughs> me the whole time. Mike Florio on the show, uh, Florio. We were um, talking about the Chiefs and obviously their run of dominance, and I have a few Chiefs questions for you. And if you don't mind, I want to look forward. There are some decisions that need to be made. Chris Jones comes to mind. What, what are the moves that you think the Chiefs can and will make in the offseason to try and solidify their hold atop the NFL? Well, let's start with Chris Jones. They need to find a way to keep him. I'm just not sure they can. I remember back in the 90s when the Cowboys first emerged as the initial dynasty of the free agency salary cap era. Other teams would target and pilfer They're free agents. You make them weaker. I said today on PFT Live, and I have no information to back this up, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh tries to take Chris Jones to the Chargers. Let's make the Chiefs weaker. I mean, that's the kind of very basic, linear football coach thinking that Harbaugh would have. I want to take this guy away from the Chiefs. I want him chasing Patrick Mahomes. I want his intelligence and inside information and knowledge of seeing Mahomes. I want him chasing Mahomes. I want him getting double teams while Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack go after Mahomes. So I think somebody is going to pay Chris Jones more than what the Chiefs will be able to do. Beyond that, I fully expect Patrick Mahomes to do what he did last year when he was working out with guys like Rasheed Rice before the draft. I, if I'm Mahomes, 
I want to know the 20 receivers that Brett Veach is looking at in the draft, and I'm going to go visit with all of them and give Veach my information based on throwing with them, talking to them, being around them, because they need to find ways to improve that receiving core. And if you're going to tie up money in Chris Jones or LeJarrius Sneed or Donovan Smith, all three are free agents, you need to find some cheap guys who come in via the draft. Florio, how long do you think Travis Kelsey can perform at a high enough level that he is receiver, and for all intents and purposes, he can be receiver number one for Mahomes? I'm not sure he can do it much longer, and that's why they need to develop some young guys who can take over that role. And it's why they ultimately didn't bat an eye at moving on from Tyree Kill. They know that during this extended period that they're going to have Patrick Mahomes, however long it is, 15 years, 20 years, who knows? Everybody else is going to come and go. I mean, just look at this year. There were only five starters for the Chiefs still on the team four years later. And Mahomes, obviously, one of them. The team is going to cycle out around Mahomes over and over and over again. So they need another tight end who can become the next Travis Kelsey. Or they need enough receivers that you don't need to have Travis Kelsey to be your top guy. So they'll stay ahead of that curve, and someone will develop into the top receiver for Patrick Mahomes. Because Mahomes will find that guy and work with that guy. It could be Rasheed Rice. He could be the guy who develops in time into the top receiver. But we'll see. But whoever it is next, there'll be another and another and another before Mahomes is done. Florio, I like the Chiefs story. I like this level of greatness. But there are certainly people around the National Football League and not just Niners and Bills and Ravens fans who are over Kansas City's dominance and would like to see somebody else in the AFC. When you look at the landscape as best you can guesstimate, who are the teams that you believe have a legitimate chance, let's say over the next two or three years, to stop Kansas City from making consecutive AFC Championship games, winning more Super Bowls, having the run that they've had every season under Mahomes? I'd be very concerned about the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh there because they will be better. And they've had the pieces, and they've given the Chiefs fits from time to time. And Harbaugh could be a guy who becomes a wrench in the gears of what the Chiefs are trying to do. The Broncos, if Sean Payton can get a quarterback – that can run his offense the way that he wants it to be run. Those are two that come to mind. The, the other reality here is, and this is bad news for everyone, just a big picture. I said this after the AFC Championship. Hey, if you don't like what the Chiefs are doing, find something else to do on Sundays between September and January because they're going to be doing it for the next <laughs> 10 years. This year particularly, this dawned on me this morning. They're now on the brink of history. First team to potentially win three straight Super Bowls. After the way they had to do it this year, where they were sluggish, they played with their food at times, they lost games they should win, they bottomed out on Christmas Day, losing at home to the Raiders before they finally found the gas pedal and took off. I think that you put all those factors together and you are going to see Patrick Mahomes determined in 2024, better than ever before, more experience, more knowledge of the defenses he sees, and a resolve to not let it be close next year. And, you know, for so many guys who win the Super Bowl, it's like, ah, we're back to zero and zero, and we've got the target on our backs, and everyone's coming after us. The Chiefs now look at this, I think, and say, hey, we can do something no one has ever done. We've done the hard part. We've won two in a row. Easier than winning two in a row is going out and winning the next one. Let's go do this thing. I think the Chiefs are going to be even more dangerous next year, unless they get some injuries 
you know, that can really screw things up. But I think the Chiefs have learned their lesson about about messing around and potentially screwing things up and having to go on the road in the playoffs, et cetera. I, I'm concerned for the rest of the league that the Chiefs are going to be even better in the coming year than they've been the last two. Mike Florio on the show. Mike, obviously Spags as a defensive coordinator has been exceptional, and the Chiefs' defense has been really, really good. There were some reports on the offensive side that Eric Bieniemy was in some meetings with the Chiefs, obviously no longer the coordinator there, no longer the coordinator and assistant coach with the Commanders. Do you think the Chiefs had a offensive play-calling, offensive coordinator issue this year that was uh, overshadowed by the fact they won the whole thing? Well, there were times where things were sluggish. There were times when they didn't look like the Chiefs that we have come to know. And one of the issues was guys couldn't hold on to the football. That was something that got cured as the season went on. It was something I spoke to Patrick Mahomes about in depth after they beat the Chiefs the week before they lost at home to the Raiders on Christmas Day. But, you know, I'm told the enemy could be back with the Chiefs next year, maybe as an assistant head coach with Matt Nagy, still the offensive coordinator. I think they missed the enemy at times this year. The accountability he brought to the table, kind of a bad cop to go along with the good cops that they have in Kansas City. So they need something. And when Mahomes said after the AFC championship, once it came out that the enemy visited with them the night before the game, and he said that the guys had chill bumps when the enemy came back to speak to them, that speaks to a very powerful impact that he can have on that team to get them focused on going out there and making history with a third straight Super Bowl win. Florio, you make a Super Bowl even if you lose. There's a lot of celebration and praise around you in the run you make, but you don't always get back. Jalen Hurts certainly has lots of time, but a year ago feels like 10 years ago. Matt Ryan almost won a Super Bowl, doesn't get back. What do you make of Brock Purdy and the Niners with Brock Purdy going forward? Well, you know, my, uh, my concern for the 49ers is that you get to a point where if you fail at the highest level of the sport, twice in the Super Bowl, and for, pa- and for uh, Kyle Shanahan, it goes back to Super Bowl 51 when he was up 28-3 as offensive coordinator of the Falcons. And they had two other NFC championship appearances during his time in San Francisco, and they failed. If they would get back to the Super Bowl next year, especially if they'd be playing the Chiefs again, that pressure just ratchets up even more. It it reminds me of when the Bengals were going to the playoffs every year and they kept losing in the first round. Each year, the questions got more intense for Marvin Lewis, who was the coach at the time. When are you going to win a game? When are you going to win a game? When are you going to win a game? And somebody raised this with me when we were talking in the press box before the Super Bowl. You know, at some point, does Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers just need a fresh start? Now, Andy Reid got one after 14 years with the Eagles. Remember, early in his career, he couldn't win the big one either. And he ultimately couldn't win the big one until he got Patrick Mahomes. At some point, if the 49ers cannot deliver, it's agonizing for the fan base to get that close every year. Sometimes it's better to just be a team that doesn't make the playoffs because the the longer you last in the postseason before you lose, the more it hurts when it happens. How much more pain can these 49ers fans take after going 5-0 and in the Super Bowl? Now they're 0-3, and they could have been in a couple more. So I, I just I think that – It was a missed opportunity to really change the narrative dramatically. It's one of the reasons why I think the 49ers should have elected the kickoff to start overtime. Go ahead and let the Chiefs score. You know they're going to score. Let them score, and then let Brock Purdy go out there and try to make his legend and and reach the upper echelon of NFL quarterbacks. Florio, 
obviously we had Travis Kelsey raging at um, Andy Reid at a critical moment. He wasn't in the game. He, he bumped him. He, he was very uh, demonstrative, Kelsey, in his frustration. There's been a lot of different reactions. You cover this game as well as anybody, and you have, I think, really interesting insight, and you're always candid. How did you, or now do you, with time to reflect, see that Kelsey moment with his head coach? Kelsey crossed the line that no player should cross. And it's up to Andy Reid to decide how he wants to impose punishment on Travis Kelsey, if any. In the moment, though, Andy Reid didn't cut off his nose despite his face, like maybe Bill Belichick did, if you remember Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota, where Malcolm Butler barely plays, and nobody still knows why. It was some sort of disciplinary thing. But, hey, it's the Super Bowl. You're going to tie a hand behind your back? and squander a chance to win a Super Bowl because somebody did something you don't like. Andy Reid wasn't going to do anything to Travis Kelsey then. And no one else on that team should interpret Reid's reaction as a blank check to go bump him and get in his face. There's two guys on that team that can get away with it, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So Reid, I think, did the thing that is big picture smart because – you don't want to blow your chance at winning the Super Bowl. However, you want to make sure guys understand, let's not make a habit out of coming up and bumping me around and almost putting me on the ground. And I, I'd like to think that Chiefs as a team are mature enough to know things like that shouldn't happen. But Kelsey definitely shouldn't have done it, and he's one of the very few guys in the league, I think, who can get a pass for doing something. That, and we can start listing names. If other guys had done something like that, that would have been the number one story coming out of the game. Uh, Mike Florio, last one for you. I'm, I'm curious about this, even though it may be a stupid question. I'm going to ask it because I want to know. Was there an annoying amount of Taylor Swift music just playing and permeating Vegas the week you were there? Or was it just a, a normal musical collection when you walked through casinos or walked past various places? No, I, I didn't hear any Taylor Swift in the okay. casinos or anywhere that we were. I mean, people talked about her going to the game, and it was a talking point because it turned into some weird political wedge issue which isn't all that weird because i mean seriously i mean setting aside partisan beliefs party affiliations the reality is people always look for something that can be used to divide us even more than we're already divided or maintain the divisions that are already there on both sides of the aisle part of the game let's come up with something completely unrelated to the issues anybody should care about and turn it into something that people will care about because that's a hell of a lot easier to get people to think clearly if we can just make it that black and white and that simple. And, you know, my take on it has always been this. When there's a touchdown, there's a cutaway. So you can cut away to Taylor Swift, or you can cut away to the 83-year-old owner in the box, or you can cut away to the guy with the wig and the painted face and the sign with a misspelling on it that he made last night and brought to the game in the hopes of getting on TV. Either way, they're cutting away to somebody. So it really isn't a big deal. Amen, brother. Uh, Mike Florio, founder, Pro Football Talk, Twitter, Pro Football Talk, author, father of mine, available for less than four bucks as an ebook on Amazon, and a frequent and gracious guest here on the show. Mr. Florio, thank you, pal. Hope you get some rest. Thanks for, thanks for making time. See you, man. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.